Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the show, Preston Walls. Thank you, Victor. Great to be here. Great to have you here. Now, Preston, you've been investing in the Seattle market, a market that's made a lot of headlines, some of it good, some not so good lately. And before we dive into those details, I'd love to get a bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah, I grew up in a real estate family. My grandfather was a, uh, a professor in Seattle, and he he owned a student housing build, building uh, next to campus. My father followed in in his footsteps and built a career and business around uh, real estate development and multifamily ownership. And I uh, I tried to break away from it. I uh, worked on Wall Street for a few years and ultimately uh, made my way back to Seattle and worked with my dad for six years. We built a couple buildings together and I've been on my own since 2008. Wow. A lot of people look at real estate as a hyper-local business. We look at it as a hyper-local business, but we're involved in multiple markets, but multiple hyper-local markets. You stuck very close to home. What drove that decision? Yes, I have stuck with what I know, and I've spent a lot of time and just energy going deep and understanding the the Seattle market. I I grew up in Seattle, and I know the neighborhoods, I know the streets, I know which street is going to rent at a premium or a discount in a neighborhood, which side of the street is going to be more or less valuable. And all of those things are hard to, to translate into other markets. And then you've got contacts and relationships that you build within the, the brokerage community, within the, the construction community, all those relationships I rely on a lot. Not everything is a financial transaction or not everything can be solved with money or, or for a fee and, and being able to, to draw on, on favors and relationships, uh, it, it goes a long way. Seattle is one of those markets that's attracted some great jobs, great employment. It's also attracted a lot of money and at points in time has become actually oversupplied. What do you do at that point? Do you stop? Do you wait? Do you look elsewhere? Do you double down? How do you handle that? I hang tight and and wait. I mean, uh, there's there's certainly times when the when the market corrects, and rather than spend the time to get up to speed on on a different market, I've used that time to sit out, regroup, consolidate, focus on uh, operations of of buildings, managing managing the properties, and wait for the next opportunity to arise. That makes a lot of sense, and. One of the things, of course, about real estate is we've gone through a period of inflation. I'm not just talking the last couple of years. I'm talking the last 50, 70 years. And if you look at what a dollar purchased back in, you know, say the 1960s, compared to today, our, our currency has been devalued in an extreme manner. And most of that benefit has generally gone to the equity holder in real estate. So it would be a mistake to bet against inflation. It's here to stay. And these markets will go up and down in cycles, like you said. But eventually, over time, despite the short-term ups and downs, it's a long-term up, at least for the benefit of the equity holder. How do you decide how much leverage to use responsibly to protect yourself from these up and down cycle fluctuations? There's some amount of, of cushion that's inherently built into any debt that's 
that's placed on a building. A bank is is not going to let you get over your skis when they require a 120, 125 debt coverage ratio. That that gives you a lot of cushion for something to go wrong. Either rents go down or uh, rents stay flat while expenses go up. So there's very little risk of not being able to cover the the interest payments, mortgage payments during that time. And yeah, I mean, real estate is has been a fantastic asset class to be in. Great cash flow investment, a great appreciation vehicle. It it will continue to to be so in in markets that are attracting jobs and desirable places to live. So I view it just from a long-term perspective. I feel like I'm still just getting started in this business. I've been active in real estate since 2002. One of my life goals is to do a development project in my 90s. I have a long way to go and I want want access to as much as much capital as I can and and so part of my business model is leveraging buildings as equity gets created in them and and redeploying that that equity into new projects. In a dense urban environment like Seattle, like many major cities, I was having this conversation with a landowner even in my home city here in Ottawa, Canada earlier today. There's a lot of new product coming to the market. A lot of that class A product, highly amenitized, you know, the amenities arms race is alive and well. And there's very little developable land left in the core, especially some of these smaller parcels. Unless you can put together a significant land assembly, you're going to end up building smaller buildings, buildings that would be arguably too small, 30 units, 50 units, 70 units, and still trying to compete against some of that larger class A product. How do you fight that battle and, and still come out on the winning end? If the numbers numbers make sense, if you can build the, the pro forma to to get it to work out, then then there's an opportunity there. And I I really I like playing in that in that space that's sub sub institutional and a little bit bigger than a guy with a pickup truck. I think there's there's a lot of opportunities in that realm. Uh, the last last project that I, I put together that just leased up last year was 61 units in uh, in Seattle. I've got got another one breaking ground shortly. That's 56 units. So that kind of tweener range is where I like to operate. Do you find that those properties, once they get past the initial lease up, do they season well or do they move down market? How are you able to retain the market positioning and the values? Is it by by being that neighborhood property, or you know, what what problem are you solving? I guess is the question. Some of it's price point, right? A big institutional Class A property is they're always going to take you by their fitness room, their movie room, their dog walking station. Those are nice amenities, but not everyone's going to going to use them, and there's a cost to providing and maintaining those. So, so there's some amount of rent discount that that goes along with say the same interior finishes but fewer building amenities you gain the benefit of market comps and offering a slightly slightly lower rent for those residents i love it and when you're looking at buildings that are in that 50 to 70 unit range are you going wood frame construction concrete structural steel what what sort of approach are you taking all wood frame construction or wood frame over over podium 
uh, usually two levels of concrete. And it's just, it's been too expensive to use steel or full concrete, even with the, the run-up in uh, lumber prices. That makes a lot of sense. And acoustic engineering has improved an awful lot these days where you can get certainly comparable noise isolation between units by staggering your demising walls and double drywall and U-channels and various other things like that that will get you that acoustic isolation so that the experience for the resident is as good as if it was a, a concrete building. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's been a lot of technologically development around around that. One building was along a, a busy road. I really wanted triple pane windows in it for just for the, the perception of noise reduction. The engineer would not allow it because double pane laminated glass had uh, a much higher SCC rating on it than, than the triple pane glass. It's interesting you mentioned that because I've been having that exact same conversation with another property owner specifically, in this case around insulation, that we found a double pane product that offered comparable performance to a triple glaze product for 25% lower cost. Yeah. And there's the, the weight of the weight. Yeah. Getting that up there and installing it, everything just gets more complicated five or six stories up. Absolutely. So as you look forward the next 12, 24 months, uh, what's your strategy? Is it more of the same? Are you pausing? Are you pivoting? What are your thoughts? Well, Seattle's been hit by kind of two factors working against it. One is it's it's a, a dense urban market that's expensive and has uh, been a lot less desirable during COVID for renters, right? Why, why stay in an expensive area when you can go to the Spokane and Boise's and Bozeman's of the world, have more outdoor access and pay less in rent? I see eventually that that story turning around the, the resiliency of, of urban areas will eventually come back. The draw of urban amenities will return and people will, will again want to live near their friends, near their social opportunities and, and entertainment. The second that's that's been uh, challenging for sales, it's, uh, it's in a tough political landscape that has been very business unfriendly and specifically unfriendly towards, towards landlords and property. So housing providers have, have had a, a tough go of it with increasing legislation restrictions around uh, their their operations. And that's that's caused a lot of housing providers to exit the market. And so that's created more supply coming on the market. At the same time, rents are flat uh, over the past two years, end of 2019. So it's depressed the market and created some... Uh, really good opportunities. One of the segments that we've been very active in and we're we're seeing a tremendous amount of opportunity are folks that are living in detached single family homes and they want to live in the neighborhood. But what they're finding is if they sell their house and they can make a gazillion dollars on their house, they have to leave because they can't buy back into the neighborhood or they can't even find an appropriate rental product in the neighborhood. If they want to downsize, maybe they want to live off the equity in their house but they don't want to necessarily leave the neighborhood. They're often looking for a larger rental product with a larger footprint that will actually fit their furniture. Many of the new apartment buildings that are being built, when bedrooms measure eight by nine, you're not fitting a king size bed and a dresser in there. You're just not. A lot of the new product that's being built isn't suited to that specific client 
who are willing to pay a little bit more. They're willing to pay a higher dollar per square foot because they don't want to leave the neighborhood and they have the means to pay. What are, what are your thoughts? That segment of the market is is not the not the one that I target. I I tend to to go after affordability, right? And the the thing that that creates better affordability are are smaller spaces. So my my demographic tends to be single renters in their twenties, professionals starting out in the in the professional realm. Certainly, condo towers, uh, some of the the concrete and steel towers have larger floor plans that are better suited to a a more affluent demographic that that has space to to spread out. The urban infill projects that I uh, like to focus on, yes, they they fall in that maximum efficiency floor plan. How can we create the most affordable option given the square footage that we have? Well, Preston, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, my uh, syndication and investment company is Walls Property Group RE dot com, and uh, you can you can uh, look us up there, see our projects, and uh, get in touch with me there. Fantastic. Well, Preston, love sharing your story, and for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Preston at Walls Property Group RE dot com. Walls Property Group RE dot com, and in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.